You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Latrice. Thank you, Queen, for being back with us. I think this is your first time guest co-hosting in the 2021 Um if I remember correctly, but thank you, Queen, for being with me. Absolutely. Good morning. Happy to be here. And it is the first time co-hosting in a while. <laughs> uh, glad to have you back with us. Uh, I, I don't. I haven't told you this, so I'm announcing on the air to you. You are now known as part of the Queens of Intellect. So I have an amazing cadre of queens who basically come on the show to keep us guys in, in check, if you will. Uh, you know, we always want to make sure we have that, that, that feminine perspective to anything that we're doing. And so, um, again, glad to have you. Somebody has something in the background, so just consider muting yourself. Um, I can tell you're moving in the background, whoever that might be. Um, but with that said, we do have a couple of special guests on the show with us this morning for this morning's discussion question, PPP loans and pay what's real and what's fake we have one returning guest and one new guest with us uh, i think i'll go ahead and start with our returning guest if you will uh justin hempstead if you will say hello to latrice hello to the truth seekers out there listening king we are so glad to actually i'm sorry i don't think i have um justin on right now let me go with um our new guest i'm sorry i'm looking at the board wrong all right i apologize for that let me go ahead and get run on this thing with us uh, how you how doing, are you? Ron? Thanks for being with us this morning. It's your uh, first time on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are glad to have you. Again, I got my co-host, Latrice. And if you will, you know, say hello, King, and give people a little bit of your uh, background uh, this morning. Okay. How, how are you doing? I hope everyone is fine this morning. 
Um, a little bit about me. Um, I graduated with a accounting. Well, my name is Ronald Bennett. Um, I graduated with with an accounting degree from William Patterson University in New Jersey, and I also have um, my master's in accounting from Jones International University. I have over 15 years experience in the business. Um, I recently I've worked at a CPA, small CPA firm in Sandy Springs for the past 10 years and I actually just left them on uh, 12 15 of last year to start my own business um, my firm is called Bennett tax and accounting and we're in Midtown um, some of the things I specialize in is uh, I'm an enroll agent also with the um, IRS and I specialize in representing clients in front of the IRS handling tax resolutions um, I deal with small business clients um, from the beginning of setting their business up. I do their small, I do their small business accounting, and then move on and then do their taxes. And I also do a lot of um, accounting planning and tax planning for my clients as well. And um, I'm just here to try to share some knowledge. Hey, I love it. I love it. Um, you obviously have a, a large. Uh, knowledge base, um, like you say, spending that time with those companies and now branched out to your own. We're always glad to see people, in a sense, mm -hmm. you know, branch out. And, and, and the ultimate thing about our community is a lot of times when you see our expertise, in a sense, go into these certain fields, uh, it's no surprise that there's always, in a sense, um, a dream, not necessarily just to have your own thing, but what, or to a certain extent, when you are the boss, if you will, a lot of times it includes uh, concern and care for your own community and so it kind of gives you more uh, in a sense authority to in a sense reach back and so I appreciate you for coming on this show in a sense you know playing that role for this morning's discussion I do have Justin again returning guest on the line as well hey what's going on Justin how you doing King if you will say hello to the truth seekers we got Latrice we got a uh, run Bennett is on the line with us as well in this morning's discussion question PPP loans and pay what's real and what's fake thanks again for being with us King um, again, holla at the people, man. All right. Good morning. It's glad to be back with you, with you this morning. Um, again, my name is Justin Hempstead. For those of you all who have not ever heard me speak or met me, um, I'm, I've been practicing accounting since 2008. I uh, started out with Big Four, um, the Ernst & Young. Got a chance to go in there and see how the big guys actually do things. So I wanted to take these strategies that the big players in the game use and bring them back to the small businesses. Because a lot of times we just don't know, we don't have the exposure for what it is that needs to be done to actually succeed the way that people say that we can succeed. So I said, let me go learn these strategies and come back. And I started my practice back in, 2012, actually, we're called Justmar Consulting. Uh, we do a lot of tax planning for small businesses. Um, also do some compliance so we can actually stay in line with what, it, what needs to be done, um, reducing the audit risk or what have you. Uh, but, again, it's, it's great to be here with, with you all today. No, I love it. So is there anybody out there listening? We definitely have a wealth of knowledge and wealth of expertise um, on this, this morning's discussion. And so 
Um, we're definitely going to open up the phone lines, any questions anybody out there may have. Um, one thing that stood out to me um, in reference and getting ready for this show, and I knew this last year, we, uh, I actually t- touched bases uh, with just, you know, in a sense how, in a sense how businesses were surviving the pandemic, if you will. So we did do a show on that, um, but we didn't get into the particulars of this COVID stimulus relief, uh, which is, you know, what, over what six hundred billion, over six hundred billion, in a sense, that was put out there for uh, different business owners to, in a sense, take advantage of. But what was telling to me is, you know, as I was getting ready, and again, I had to recall this, was that of last year's money, of it was actually six hundred and fifty-nine billion that was, in a sense, get spread out from the, you know, throughout the. Uh, different businesses, but for, of those, black-owned businesses only received 2%. And so that's what stood out to me more than anything. And, Latrice, I'll kind of just kind of throw it over to you before we go to our first break. I know that that was the interest piece for you uh, in, in reference to, again, you know, you being a diversity and that kind of thing. You know, you can shoot your background out there as well, Queen. Uh, but with that being part of your background, that was very concerning for you. So, Queen, just any quick thoughts on the fact that, of all that money that was handed out, a lot of our businesses didn't receive it sometimes because things weren't lined up. There's different reasons we'll get into that, but hopefully the main thing is that we help people get on it this time around. But go ahead, Queen, any thoughts about, you know, the idea of how much money in a sense was missed out on, you know, by our businesses? Oh, absolutely. There were there were, there were billions, millions um, missed out by um, business, by black-owned businesses. And you're right, when, um, when you mentioned this initially, my interest was like, huh, not really my thing. I don't really do numbers. But then I did recall the number of the small percentage of black businesses that um, received the PPP loans. And I actually have um, a couple of small businesses that I have partners with. And, you know, my partner was one of the fortunate ones where he was able to get, you know, a nine, over $90,000 for his small business. Um, and so, but when I look into the numbers and I dig into the numbers, 2%, and, and just to give you a little bit of an idea of what was, there were 52 million loans given, um, and that, that amount of those 52 million loans were worth $525 billion. And only oh, 2% wow. of black-owned businesses got any part of that, and they didn't get nearly you know, the large numbers that you saw a lot of these other businesses getting. And so, um, as a matter of fact, many of the, the minority-owned businesses um, were rejected, and then others mm-hmm. couldn't get um, their, their, their application. They couldn't get responded to. They couldn't get questions answered. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't just that we didn't we made mistakes on applications. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, a lot of it has to do with our relationships with banks. Um, so we have, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we're digging into this because we have a third round um, that's opened up, and I hope um, that um, our small, our black-owned businesses are able to get in line and get um, funding to, to keep their businesses afloat. When I look around my community, I see a number of barbershops that used to be there, a number of hair salons or small restaurants um, that were black-owned, and, you know, they're gone. And, you know, these are, with those businesses being gone, the hopes and dreams of those business owners are also gone. So let's hope that we can now, um, now that we know better, we've got this next round coming up and hopefully a round after that um, where our businesses can get in line and, and get some funding. And hopefully this show will help um, people understand what they need to do to, to be successful in their PPP loan efforts. 
No, absolutely. That is definitely the goal of this show. Uh, we're up against our first quick break, so we'll be right back, and we'll get hot and heavy with this morning's discussion question. PPP loans and pay, what's real and what's fake? We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145. and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and pay. What's real and what's fake? Our special guests are accountants, Ron Bennett, as well as Justin Hempstead. So to get this thing started, we're going to start right in a sense with the question itself to a degree, when it says what's real and what's fake, um, obviously you'd heard Latrice kind of beautifully break down what, in a sense, what was happening throughout our community and our lack of being able to get the the loans or whatever. But from what I can understand last year, um, you know, being a, a business owner myself, uh, there was some trepidation, um, as Latrice was saying, calling the offices, not getting a lot of response, just trying to get the clarity. As, as she said, it wasn't always that we were not lined up. Sometimes there wasn't a lot of clarity out there on, you know, exactly uh, how to pay it back or how to get to a forgiveness standpoint. So when the question says what's real and what's fake, um, Justin, if you will, I'm going to kind of start with you. But just on a business owner that's still trying to figure out uh, what's out there, because unfortunately, anytime you see these type of programs, there are also the scammers get out there. I just want to get that kind of stuff out the way, because that's part of this question, like, you know, what should people be concerned about? How do they, because there's, you know, it's, it's not just the PPP loans, uh, but there's a lot out there. But I just kind of wanted to, you know, just hear how you would navigate or tell a, a owner how to navigate what's real and what's fake and distinguish certain aspects of what they should be doing or misinformation that you're hearing out there, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, uh, for one, I think that the, with the PPP loans that, were made available to us right during during the middle of the pandemic. Um, I think that was one of the things that was allowing us to, as, as small black businesses, to keep our heads above water. Um, before former President Trump left, 
they passed a new act, and uh, it was the PPP Flexibility Act, which made some changes to the first the first um, PPP loan program. So some people are still they they know about the PPP loan, but they're following old rules. So some mm. of the old rules they no longer apply. So a lot of them, when it first was rolled out, I know seventy five percent of the of the proceeds from the loan they had to be used for for payroll cost now with the uh, PPP flexibility act uh, that number is down to 60%. So you no longer have to use 75% of the proceeds, you only have to use 60%. So it allows you to have additional money or proceeds to use for things like rent for your building uh for barbers or um, whatever business you have and you're renting the place or your mortgage interest or your utilities. That used to be limited to 25%. Now you have 40%. A lot of people, if you're still on those old rules, you're not taking advantage of all the proceeds that are available to you. Um, so when we, we look at that, and you now can defer payments, um, your principal and interest, like if you have a, a loan on a place, you can defer your payments for about 10 months now, you know, the earlier. Now uh, those details are, go ahead. Oh no, absolutely. Those details are, are, are major. Uh, Ron, if you will, again, you've been doing this for a number of years and, you know, just, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't aware of that change and, and, and it makes sense. A lot of people, once you kind of get in it, once you get approved and say, here's the parameters I'm working under, I can understand how a business owner now getting back to operations trying to survive the pandemic. If they don't have an accountant, a regular accountant like yourself as a part of their business, which, you know, the most thriving business owners would have an accountant like yourself run, uh, to call them to say, hey, things have changed. You can use a little more money, um, like, you know, the example that Justin's given or whatever. Uh, if you could kind of just speak to maybe even – understanding what's real and what's fake in reference to the change. Cause again, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't aware of it. You know, I'm a one man shop. So I'm not, you know, I wasn't getting, getting caught up in getting a PPP loan and having to worry about payroll. But for those owners out there that did, um, were, you know, were you calling your, your clients up to say, Hey, here's what's changed. You know, just going to kind of get a perspective uh, from you as well, Ron. I'm sorry, bring you back live, King. I'm sorry about that. I had you muted. All right, go ahead, King. I'm sorry, I had you muted. Yeah, go ahead, Ron. Sorry about that. You can, okay, you you can hear me now. Yeah, we you can hear me. Good. I'm sorry about that. That was my that was me. Okay. Yeah, you well. Go ahead, King. No, no, no. I was saying that um, a lot of you know they give out a lot of information, and I think a lot of times, um, especially for us in the black community, we don't really know where to go and where to look for this new information, and um. I mean, I had to. I stayed on the SBA website to kind of, um, kind of keep up with the changes. And 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 one of the one of the other main changes that they did make is they changed the the maturity of of um length of the of the loans. So like, if you got the loan before June the fifth, your maturity was two years, and if you got it after June fifth, the maturity was was five years. So that's one of the things, and they also changed the the length. Um, so if you got it before June fifth, it also you had um, like eight weeks 
And then after June the 5th, you had 24 weeks. So now um, if you are going for a loan for the second round of loans, you can pick between if you want it over uh, eight weeks, spend the money over eight weeks or, t- or 24 weeks. But one of the main um, changes, like like Justin said, was changing that 75% of the money had to go to payroll, and now it's 60% having to go to payroll. And um, some of the other things that you um, can spend the money on is also, Justin named a few, but also uninsured property damage caused by looting or vandalism during 2020. And depending on what city you're in, for a lot of business owners, that could be a main concern with the riots we had this this summer. So if your place was looted or vandalized, restoring it is also a a cost that you can put down for you can use the PPP money for as well. Yeah, it makes sense. If you will, real quick, um, explain maturity again. I just, you know, just so that when I say again, just explain maturity and Latrice, anything that you have, um, I, mean, I think you that explanation. Please jump in and we're going to open up the phone lines right, right after that. Yeah, well, the maturity would be like the, the amount of time you have to pay the loan back. And for most people that are getting the PPP loan, though, I mean, this might not necessarily be a big issue because the goal is to get the PPP loan forgiven. If you go ahead mm-hmm. and just use the money the correct way, then you should be able to get the loan forgiven. So the maturity rate might not be as a, as important. It's just making sure you're using the money the correct way so you can get the full amount forgiven. All right, Latrice, anything from you, Queen? Sure. I'd like to say I think that it's important to note that that change with regard to employees is important because um, that that part of the PPP loan actually excluded so many black-owned businesses. Out of the 2.6 million black-owned businesses in this country, 2.1 million don't have employees. And so that that excluded a large number of, of black-owned businesses. So it's important to note um, you know, that change so that, you know, more people can, um, you know, get their, get their applications in and get approved so that they can um, sustain their businesses. No, nah, great. Key point. For anybody out there listening, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, it's 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. Hey, Ron, I'm just letting you know that, brother, whatever you're doing in the background is coming out on the air, bro. I just got to let you know that. So um, just keep that in mind. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, doubt, I no doubt. It's okay. It's all yeah, yeah. Please jump in, Justin. Go ahead, King. Um, so I, I like the I like the fact that um, you said her name's Latrice, right? Yep, Latrice. I absolutely. like that you said that um, one of the main things that the companies, a lot of black um, small black businesses, black owned businesses, they do not have employees, and that kind of goes back to one of the shows that you and I did regarding the structure of the entity. You know mm-hmm. how you have the sole proprietors or the self-employed mm-hmm. um, individuals, people who don't have their entity set up correctly. So if, you have, if you're a sole proprietor, you're, you don't have any employees. You know, sole proprietorships is normally just a one-man shop. So when you go and you, you're looking at the structure of your entity and you've created an actual business, an LLC, or, um, 
a C corporation, S corporation, what have you, you can then actually make yourself an employee of the company. But, you know, we're not going to go all that. No, 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 no. I think that's key. I think it's key because, like I said, when she points out that 2.1 million out of, was it 2.6 million business we got, Latrice, say the numbers again. Mm-hmm. 2.6 million and 2.1 yep. don't have employees. Right. And so, so yeah, so off top, like you said, without you putting pointing out what you just pointed out, Justin, it seems like 2.1 can't take advantage. And that's the whole reason why having experts like you are going to an accountant to set up your business properly, like you said. And that's what we talked about on that show. That was our, like I said, I think that was our second most listened to show last year, by the way. Uh, so thank you for being on that show. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. talking about how to structure your business, because if you're structured correctly, then you can line up and get some of that six, that $500 billion that was given out by the government. And But if you're not structured right, you just it, it passes you by. And unfortunately, uh, Latrice talked about that, the number of businesses that are closed or she sees it around, you know, here in Atlanta, you know, the Atlanta area or whatever. Uh, for what I understand, the last time I checked, there was there, there were like – of, of like 40 percent of our businesses that were at risk of going under like through the pandemic and so a loan like this could make a huge difference in your ability to survive it so uh definitely hope uh, that people you know understand that hey getting the expert advice is actually critical versus floating along as a mom pop without the accountants without the experts and again we made them you know available here so for any of y'all out there on the line please press one if y'all want to jump in and, in a sense, ask any questions or any thoughts in reference to uh, this morning's discussion. Uh, but if we will, um, any any concerns with uh, people? You know, I don't again. I don't want to make this a major part of the discussion, but I just want to kind of get it out the way. But have y'all seen or heard of anybody, in a sense, scamming with this PPP loan? Again, that's all. It seems like to be always the, is a part of different things where something pops up. You get people that are scamming and things of that nature. So have y'all seen anything like that? And I'm just throwing it out there just to make sure that if there is something that y'all know about, that we are letting people know what to look for, excuse me, to avoid, um, any, you know, getting scammed with the new rollout, if that makes sense. So have, have Justin run, y'all seen anything, even Latrice, any ideas? Nothing. We don't have to worry about it. But I just want to make sure that we, um, we are addressing that. I'm sorry, Ron. Go ahead again. I've heard. Yeah, I'm saying I haven't seen anything personally, but I have heard of, you know, people just kind of forging their numbers and, and to, to get a higher amount and, and then not using the money on, on, on payroll. It's usually on, like, personal things. That That's, like, the, the, the main amount of scamming that I've, that I've seen. Yeah, and I and I actually know a couple of people who have um, didn't have businesses, but they figured out a loophole where if they um, identified themselves as some type of agricultural business, they would they were able to get approved um, for you know small loan loan amounts like ten thousand dollars, twenty five thousand dollars. So um, I know a few people who've done that. Okay, so Justin, let me ask you this real quick, Justin. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, real quick, Justin. So it sounds like yeah. So people are maybe even scamming to get take advantage of it, and necessarily not, uh, you know, necessarily coming to a business owner, but people are kind of taking advantage of it. But you being an accountant and run, you know, you too as well, having to go before the ARS mm-hmm. and tell people get out of stuff. 
um, you know, what would you say to people who are even thinking about finding a way, finding a loophole? Um, I, I, I think some people do that without realizing how the long arm of the government can be in the event that you are, are discovered. I don't think they always understand what that looks like. So if you could just kind of give us a thought on that, and then we've got a caller that wants to get in as well. Okay. I will say this. I'll start off by saying it's definitely not worth it. One, you have to document everything that you do. If you cannot document it, then you are putting your whole tush out there for the IRS or the government to come and pick you apart. And that is something that too many black businesses go through. And then they look around and they've lost what they've been trying to build for years. You do not want to do that. Um, that is a, that is a big thing within our community. I, I, will, I will say I did it all too well. I've had clients, um, even family members who have businesses, and they've gone through things like that. So you you don't want to do that. Um, one of one of the other important things around this when we're when we begin to look at how can we get the most benefit out of it? Use the law to your advantage, but do not take advantage of the law because it can hurt you. It really can. And you really you don't want to put yourself through that, please. Yep, and the best way to use it to your advantage is have people like yourself in pocket to make sure things are documented correctly because, you know, we definitely talked about that on the how to properly how to structure your business properly. We are up against another break. So 504 last three zero six five. We will get out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think one of our sponsors, Square Business Entertainment, brings us another cut from Taylor Pace. One last time remix. We'll be right back. For all I ask is that you think. I had it all back then, but I ain't even know it. I had my head all in the clouds, feeling important. She had her story. I had mine. She went crazy. I lost my mind. What I wouldn't give. Hit rewind. One last time. One last time. So much regret. How I dealt with you. You're a package to be handled with care. You're like a team. Everybody's avoiding is the reason why so many businesses are suffering right now through the pandemic. They can't access the PPE programs or a lot of the grants because they're doing the business, they're just not set up right to access the capital. I was having a conversation with a client and friend of mine earlier this week. Uh, I'll be putting that interview out soon. And, you know, she was running it about the same thing. I think she said she contacted like 15 of her friends that she knew that was entrepreneurs, and maybe three of them felt comfortable even going after those resources because it's like, all right, where your P&L, where your balance sheet, you know what I'm saying, you know, where your payroll records, you know, and so this is just what it is, like, you know, that's that's not what everybody wants to hear, that's not what's going to be most popular on social media, but I promise you, that's really where the rubber meets the road. They got companies that ain't even good at what they do, but they good at foundational stuff. 
legal stuff. They're good at process, project management. They're good at building relationships. They're good at responding to RFPs. They're good at responding to RFQs. They're good at all of that. They might be mediocre at their product or service, but they they monsters at the stuff that matters. So, you know, that's just what it is. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and paid. What's real and what's fake? Special guest co-host, Latrice Ross, special guest, Justin Hempstead and Ron Bennett, both tax experts, tax accountants. We do have a caller that wants to get in. If you're out there on the line, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number is 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Also, if you're listening, make sure you are sharing this link and let people hear it, other people, other business owners that may need to get in and ask these questions. Make sure you're sharing it with your friends as you're listening. All right, let's go to a caller. Area code 504 last three zero six five. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents or question on this morning's discussion question. Hey, God bless you, Eric from New Orleans. Beautiful show you're having today. Definitely a lot of information. And um, I just want to know, uh, is it important that, say, when we're investigating these loans or applying for the loans, and is it important that we consult with, a, say, a business attorney? Um, good question, Justin. I'll start with you. Well, he, Justin, did he I lose you? Know, if you need to, yeah, he was asking. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He's wanting to know if he needs to speak to a business attorney as far as accessing the 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 loans or being able to apply for the loans or just yeah, um, yeah, right. Okay, applying get it, get and understanding it. what you're reading and those sorts of things, the contracts. So, if yes, you think that you, yeah, that was... if you need a, an attorney to kind of go through the the rules and regulations of of right. the um, of the loan program, I would advise mm-hmm. that. Um, okay. But you could go out to the SBA website if you wanted to tackle it yourself, and they have information out there um, just for people to be able to to see that don't don't necessarily know. But a lot of times we don't even go to the websites. We just we just run and say, oh, we're going to apply for this. We don't even know the regulation. But if you have some friends or someone that you're working with currently that is an attorney um, or advisor, yeah, I definitely sit and sit and pick their brain about it. And what's, would what's I be incorrect? In oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, King. Uh, what's the best way to find a uh, a business attorney? Because you know, all attorneys may not be expert may not have the expertise in business law, I guess. So what's the best way to find a business uh, attorney? Well, um, a lot of, if you go to some accounting practices, um, Mm -hmm. people like Ron, I'm sure they they have connections in that field of of people that that are business attorneys. You could actually ask an accountant, and they would normally have someone they could refer you to. Okay, then. Mm-hmm. Now, as I'm, now, let me tell you what I'm thinking about, and Run, tell me if I'm wrong or whatever. And again, and it's not just to, in a sense, vouch for Run, if you will, um, but just based on what I'm hearing you say, Eric, I actually, my first would person would be is a an accountant, even before the lawyer, just especially when it comes to simply applying for the loans. As as Justin just said, 
lot of people are applying without even, you know, doing it on the website, which still kind of gives you step by step. But I would feel much comfortable in that I'm doing it right, applying, and using it correctly because your account is going to help you with that as well. Um, Ron, tell me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but, I, I, yeah, the business attorney might make you follow the rules, but the accountant is going to be with you once you get the money and making sure it's documented correctly and that there's no issues thereafter. So my first pr- my my first thing would be to go to run just to go for the approval. I wouldn't concern myself with the business attorney as much. But y'all both correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not saying don't use one. But I'm just saying my first person would be someone like Run. Uh, Ria, Run, your thoughts on 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 this on this brother's question, if you will. I'm sorry, I got him. There you go. With. All right, sorry about that, Run. Yeah, I'm sorry, Run. If you will start again, brother, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that I agree with that. I was going to say I wouldn't necessarily say that you would need to get a a business attorney to, to, to apply for the loan. I think an accountant would be good enough because um, any accountant that's worth its weight, you know, they have been diving into this and the different changes in the PPP loan, and you can work with your accountant to um, to fill out the application and 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 get the and get the loan. So I wouldn't necessarily say that you need to get a business lawyer. And then that and, and just cash flow wise, they might be more expensive than dealing with an accountant just for filling out the loan anyway. And I and, and Mateo, can I make a comment on something we talked about in the last segment as well? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but go is ahead. that okay? Yeah, go ahead, Ron. Yeah. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I um. I mean, I think Justin had mentioned something about like if you don't have employees, that's how a lot of us didn't get it. Now, see, actually, if you don't have an employee and you have a Schedule C, you actually still can get the PPP loan in certain situations. So, it, and it goes off of your line thirty-one of your Schedule C, your net profit amount. So, if if your net profit amount is um over five over excuse me, over a hundred thousand you have to reduce it to a hundred thousand. And if it's zero or less then you can't get the PPP loan. But with that net income, so say if it's a hundred thousand, then you um take that and you divide it by twelve and then the average then then if you multiply that by two point five, then that will kind of give you the maximum loan amount that you can give. And see that's why I think it's important for any business that wants to get a PPP loan, is that first thing you got to do, you have to read. Because all the information is there if you just go to the FDA website. And there's another website, um, hometreasury.gov. That's another good website as well. And they get frequently asked questions and things of that nature so you know. So I don't want people to think just because you are a sole proprietor with a Schedule C and you don't have any employees, that you cannot be eligible for the PPP loan. Now, nah, that's key. And, um, Eric, this is what we do. Again, you've been starting to become a regular co- um, you know, caller to the show, and I appreciate that. Uh, but we connect people on the air. So if you're, if you're in a situation where you're personally seeking that out, and, again, I would go account it pr- you know, prior to the, the attorney personally. You already heard run. So I would say call run. Um, and, you know, that, yeah, literally, literally, if you're, you know, if you're mm-hmm. trying to find someone to kind of walk you through it, uh, as you can hear, this mm-hmm. brother's been deep, deep diving into it. So you got somebody that's worth right. their weight 
And so I would say call Run, and his his information is on the commercial. Uh, I'll give it to you on okay. the spot if you're interested in just following up with them, um, Run. If you yeah, don't mind, give him, give him your contact information right now. We love making connections on the air. So give him that right now, and you can oh. follow up Run after the show just to see, um, you know, if it makes sense for you to move forward, you know, with Run or whoever. But either way, I'm pretty sure he'll still send you in the right direction regardless of whether y'all connect. Yeah, it would be my pleasure to um, help you out. My phone number is 770-545-2145. My okay, that's email is correct. Mm-hmm. 775-545-2145. 2145, yes. Um, my, web, my, my website is um, www.bta-ea.com. Uh-huh. And that's B as in boy, and my, by the way, Eric. B as in boy, okay. yeah. Appreciate that. And, uh, and my email is rbennett, R-B-E-N-N-E-T-T, at mm-hmm. bta-ea.com. All right, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all get linked up, man. No I love, I love making on air connections, man. We we're not a regular show here, man. We're a family show. So if you get if you got any more questions, um, Eric, come off the one and come back on the one, and we'll get you back in. But thanks for the call, King. All right, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Now that's good stuff. Uh, Latrice, anything I you know anything as you listen, anything you wanted to ask or jump in on, Queen? Uh, no, I, I'm glad that you um, brought up the point that the accountant really is the most important figure, the consultant to, to person to consult with this, and not necessarily the business attorney, just because there is follow through um, with regard to documentation and perhaps even getting you know getting the loan forgiven. So that was going to be the point that I brought up, but you brought that out. So. Nah, good stuff, good stuff. Again, for the callers out there, I see some other callers out there. If you want to be like Eric, one of our regular callers, you do have to press 1. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. During the last break, uh, Justin, you may recall, that was Terry Simmons. That was actually the guest that you were on with during the How to Structure Your Business um, Properly, and I just kind of played a cut of him, you know, kind of pointing out, as he said, where the rubber meets the road. And I know this is something that you like to harp on as well, um, having, as you, again, like you said, you wouldn't got the knowledge from the major companies and wanted to, in a sense, bring it to our people. So if there's anything that you would like to, you know, in a sense, again, highlight, um, as we just said, go to the accountant, you know, maybe even before the business lawyer, if you will. But if there's anything else specifically um, that you're always encouraging your clients to get on top of, um, because, you know, obviously we didn't know the pandemic was going to come, right? And so when this rolled out, the, it was almost a little too late to get ready. But this time we can get ready because we are hearing the rollouts. And so if there's anything that you, in a sense, want to point out uh, specifically or maybe just between you and Ron, um, anything, you know, that y'all might want to dialogue about just for people to get a better understanding of. Go ahead, King. Okay. Um, Ron, I, I do want to – I do want to ask you, as far as mm-hmm. when, you, when you have when you have clients, and you know that one of the one of the things that they said in the new the new PPP loan to, to be enrolled out, um, you had to have a a reduction in gross receipts of twenty five percent, and it had mm-hmm. to occur uh, from 
you know, from 2019 to 2020. So it, it maybe went in in one of the quarters, the first, second, or third quarter of of 2020, it had to be reduced by 25% versus the prior year. Um, mm-hmm. How have you gone about dealing with clients who may fall short of that 25%, but let's say they they re, they had a reduction of 20%? Uh, well, to be honest, I, I have not dealt with that. Um, but if if I had a client that was 20%, I mean, I would just advise them to fill out the loan application as normal and then let let just let the um, SBA decline them. I haven't dealt with anybody that has wanted to do the SBA, I mean, the, you know, the SBA um, PPP loan, and they didn't meet that 25% um, grocery receipt deduction. But, I mean, if they were that 20%, 22%, I would still have them fill out the, the loan and then just see if they get approved. But in practice, I haven't. Let me, let me ask this real quick. And, Justin, you may be able to um, give some thoughts on this, just kind of jumping in real quick. Um, but, um, matter, you know, um, matter of fact, let me, let's go to break real quick because so I, I want to get a little specific into what you're asking there, Justin, because I know, again, as a counter sometimes, there are times where business owners are not considering different losses and things throughout the year. And so I wanted to see if there's some detail where something like that, you know what I'm saying, still legitimate, still something that you could take advantage of and maybe get somebody over the top. So I would like to, you know, hear, hear if that is an option. But, again, we are up against the break. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Please go to moneymotivation.com, especially if you are an entrepreneur, go-getter trying to get that bag. They support that lifestyle. They also pay more than just clothes. So definitely find out about moneymotivation.com. Thank them for being longtime sponsors. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and pay, what's real and what's fake? Uh, special guest co-host, Latrice Ross. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest, Justin Hempstead, as well as Ron Bennett. Great question, Justin, right before the break. And it sounds like, Ron, you're saying right now, uh, with the way 2020 went, um, there was no problem for people showing a 25% loss. So everybody you've been dealing with have hit that threshold, no yeah, problem. Uh, so, yeah, so it's been yeah, pretty simple for you. Uh, go ahead, King. Yeah. yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. 
So, yeah, it wasn't hard to show that loss this past year. But, yeah, in the event that somebody is at 22, 23%, uh, sometimes, at least from what I've come to understand, when I, you know, when I'll, for example, go to uh, my account for my taxes and things of that nature, they'll kind of say, hey, here's something that's changed or here's a small thing that's changed, something that I hadn't been thinking about. Because uh, unlike the um, like what we're suggesting here, that you have an accountant along the way where you're strategizing throughout the year, paying taxes throughout the year. Um, Justin, what have you been able to maybe share with a client or someone that they didn't know and they literally were at that threshold but just wasn't aware of it because of something maybe they wasn't considering? I'm, I'm assuming that, that that type of thing definitely plays out when it comes to, again, in my opinion, another reason why to have a tax accountant for a tax strategy versus just getting through the year and dumping your taxes on a, on a tax person at the end of the year. Go ahead, King. Well, depending on, upon your, your basis, and Ron, he could he could speak more to this, uh, the way you, if you're rather a cash basis taxpayer or accrual, um, mm-hmm. that speaks a lot to how you capture the gross receipts during the quarter. So if you say you were a cash basis and um, that's how you were accounting for everything, but you decide to switch up to accrual, um, then that could actually help you in terms of mm-hmm. so those, the gross receipts or capturing those gross receipts for that quarter. So you could show you could possibly it might be that you had a hundred thousand in gross receipts for the quarter, but you decide to change the accounting basis and don't necessarily capture it all in the quarter that it was earned. No, it makes a lot Therefore, of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Being yeah. a 25% reduction. Right. Yeah. That makes that, a lot that, of sense. Um, any thoughts on that, Ron? Yeah, any thoughts on that? Oh, no, I'm just saying I, I, I agree with him that if you're a cash basis or a cool basis, that would play part in, in in figuring out that 25% reduction. And then that just goes again to speaking to um, making sure you have having an accountant. Because, I mean, I think most people that are self-employed, if they're not dealing with an accountant, they might not even know the difference between cash basis and accrual basis accounting. So, this is just another reason why it's important to deal with an accountant when you're when you're doing these things. And then another, um, like when he asked me if it was 22 or 23 percent, see, as an accountant, I would also be able to go and check if there are any cases where someone had 22, 23 percent, and, and, and look into that as well. Whereas and do my research on that. Whereas if you or just a business owner, first you probably don't have time to look into things like that or mm-hmm. know where to search. So, you know, so that's why it's definitely important to deal with accounting and accounting when you're dealing with things like this. No, it makes sense. Let me ask you another quick question. Either one of y'all can kind of, um, just to even when you say people don't know the difference between the accruing, accrual or the cash basis, can y'all give us a layman understanding of that and maybe in a sense, um, is there certain businesses that are better one way or the other? Like, when does it apply? Because, again, when we start talking about how to structure our businesses, uh, these are things that, you know, I didn't think about. And, again, I don't have, a, uh, you know, in a sense, a robust business in that manner. And are, are what people think, maybe like what I just said, is they're thinking, well, once I make a bunch of money, I'll start worrying about that then. 
and I'm pretty sure, you know, that's bad. You know, y'all don't look, y'all hate to hear that because people could have been set up pr- prior to to getting into issues and 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 actually shown themselves in a sense better to be able to not only get approval for a PPP loan, but just even regular loans. All of this stuff factors in. So any, you know, again, layman terms for explaining accrual versus cashes, cash, and any businesses that. It, it really any industry that it matters more to if that makes sense and both of y'all can kind of jump in wherever you fit in on that okay well I, I would say um just layman's terms a cash basis accounting is and when you're using that you record the income when you receive the money um in in accrual basis accounting you record the income when you earn the money so Let's just say um, if you are a, say, a landscaping business and you actually do the work on, let's say, December the 15th and you invoice the client and the client doesn't pay you pay you that invoice until January the 5th, under the um, cash basis accounting, you wouldn't count that income until January when you actually receive the payment. Under the accrual accounting, you would count that income in December when you earned the money after you've done the work. Makes sense. So that's kind of. No, that's very yeah. clear. Example. You want to add Definitely. Okay. Just, did you want to add anything to that? Because that was very clear for me. Again, just to get a quick understanding. Um, it definitely made me understand, like, based on what you just said, why you could show the money in a quarter, and that might get you to the 25% because it just could be completely different. I know some businesses, they have, what, um, 30, you know, pay out 30 days or whatever you call it. Y'all can explain the term better than yeah, I can. Net 30. What, um, okay. Net 30, net 60, net 90. Yeah, go ahead and kind of jump into that again. This is just, we're just trying to get people up to speed on things they may have heard or have not heard. And again, it just speaks to why you need an expert in your business to get you up to speed. But go ahead, King. I, I have a uh, client who's in the construction, construction business. And, you know, construction, they sometimes they don't, uh, they receive their payment. They might receive a portion of it up front, um, 25% of the payment, and then the other portion might be 90 days out. But when you're looking at this in terms of the accrual basis of, a, of accounting, when the when the income is earned and you're, you're recording that, you're saying, okay, well, it's not going to take me 90 days. To, the construction company doesn't take them 90 days to do the project. It only took them 30 days to do the project, but they didn't get paid until 90 days out because the income was coming from an insurance company. So Mm. when you look at it like that, that cash basis is going to be pretty good because you're not going to have to record the income. Um, During that 30 day, once that 30 days is up, which might fall into that quarter that you're trying to record Mm. the prior year, Whereas under the accrual, you're going to need to capture that income, you know. But also you can be mindful that once you set a basis in accounting or a method of accounting, you can always change it. It's, it's not mm. anything that's just locked in, locked in place. You can always mm-hmm. you can always change it and just to to fit the uh, needs of the, of the company. 
No, that makes sense. Anything for you, Latrice? Just again, just we just kind of you know getting into the nitty gritty because again, I think this is the type of stuff that our community needs to hear so that we can increase from two, you know, increase that two percent. Just go around, you know, maybe the things that are not thought of. And I know Justin just keeps harping. Get on the website. Get on the website, which is where we all should start. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to encourage our, you know, our community to add on experts like this and have them in the ear all year round, not just during tax season. Because in my eyes, I'm saying. Tax season is already, uh, you know, what it is, and now there's PPP loans dropping at the same time. So I, I couldn't imagine that might even be overwhelming for some of the, for, for, you know, for some of the businesses in our community. But any thoughts from you, Latrice? Um, you kind of hit on. I was actually going to to ask. Um, we know that a lot of problems were highlighted with, you know, how um, black-owned businesses are structured, the types of relationships or lack of relationships that they have with their mm-hmm. um, financial institutions. What would be your advice that a small business owner, black-owned business owner, would, black-owned business would take from this experience, whether they got the PPP loans or not, with regard to how to carry on with the future of their business? Like, how do I establish an, a successful relationship with my financial institution so that should the need arise again, I've already established that foundational um, relationship and that won't that will allow me to at least be. Um, on the radar instead of with so many black-owned businesses being caught off the radar because they did not have um, a successful banking relationship. So what would be your advice for those um, small business owners to take away for what they need to do going forward, not just to take advantage of PPP, but to take advantage of just being structured properly, doing the right thing so they can get funding or loans or grants for their businesses? Justin, go ahead and jump in, and I'll let Ron go after you. You know, he'll add, he can add to you. I think a lot of the community banks we do not tend to want to deal with, but establishing a relationship with the community bank or the um, credit unions, like I know Delta. What is it, the Delta Community Credit Union? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you mm-hmm. go to different banks like that, they receive a lot of the money that is not not necessarily taxed. Because we're trying to run Wells Fargo and Bank of America and um, United Bank's the big guys to get the money to try and apply for the loan, and they're and they're saying, well, we we we've run out of funds of funding. So I think if we take advantage of the relationships with these smaller community banks, um, whether you get it on the first go around or not, you, that will be something major, major for us. And, and to a certain extent, um, because they're small community banks, that's part of their stick, right? That they have to they have to build a relationship even more so with their clients because they don't have the volume of of customers, and so that's part of it. So yeah, it makes sense that that might be a good place to start. Uh, Ron, any thoughts um, for you? You know, from you on that question from Latrice? Uh, yes, uh, I would say, like I, when I try to, because I I get a lot of small black-owned businesses, right? And then one of the first, one of the things that I come across is that a lot of times they won't have a business bank account. They're running personal and business stuff through their personal, you know, um, mm-hmm. bank statements. And, and I try to stress to them the importance of, you know, having everything straight in the beginning. Like you need to have your dedicated business bank, um, bank account, any credit card, any line of credits for the business, have it run through the business bank. 
and then deal with an accountant. Because if, if especially if you if you're starting off with a business, you're going to be engulfed with just trying to make the business successful, and you need to have the right people behind you that can, you know, look out for the things that you may not look out for or even know to look out for. So um, having that established relationship with the bank, having an established established relationship with an accountant, um, I think that is the main thing that you can have in the background that can help you going forward and have those people having your back. And so then when something comes up, like you need the PPP loan or you have the EDIL loan or anything like that, you already have the relationship and you already have an accountant who will probably bring that to you before, you know, you just see it on the news and then, oh, my God, what is this? And you're in a frantic trying to get the loan. So I mean, I, those will be the two most important things I, I would say to have start starting out. Now it makes sense. I'm, uh, I'm gonna bring it back a little more to, um, in a sense, even creating that relationship with the bank. But we're at the top of the hour, so let me uh, go to our top of the hour break. If you're out there on the line, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, two tax experts on the line with us. I'm trying to help you out get not only the PPP loan, like what she said. Um, you know, it's all funding is always a, a major thing a lot of times for businesses. So obviously, the PPP loan is highlighted, but these things and these advice will help you out either way. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and pay, what's real and what's fake? Special guest co-host, Latrice Ross, special guest, Ron Bennett, as well as Justin Hempstead, our tax experts on the line with us, just trying to navigate this conversation, trying to increase that 2% of black-owned businesses who, got, who, who were able to get a piece of that 
$500 billion handed out during the COVID stimulus relief. We want to make sure we get a position to take advantage of these next rounds of PPP loans, but not only PPP loans, but again, just bringing it back to, uh, again, I thought that was a great question by Latrice, just the idea of how to improve the relationship. So uh, Justice says, hey, start with the, you know, the smaller banks possibly. And it does make sense. I know uh, for my business, I'm with, um, 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 Oh God, it just slipped my mind. The bank that I'm with here in Atlanta, oh, Citizens Trust, which is the black-owned, you know, bank here um, in Atlanta or whatever. And so it's definitely somewhat an intimate relationship, if you will. And I think that's definitely a good start. Uh, let me ask um, Ron and Justin, both of you, in reference again. This is about building that relationship. Uh, another aspect, uh, quite often, um, when you know, when Ron, when I heard you mention the idea that a lot of business owners are in a sense, convoluting their funds. They don't have a separate account. You know, all these things are small business bases, business basics that are, you know, kind of if you're going to go forward to a bank and say ask for some money, whether it be a PP loan or some other type of loan. Um, but if you will, um, in doing that, what about the aspect of business credit? Is that something that having an accountant can help with? Because what I'm starting to learn is, there's a lot more advantages with business credit than necessarily trying to get funding um, with your personal credit, if you will. And, again, I think if that is true, uh, that's just having things in order. So, you know, does having an accountant help with that? I don't know. I just wanted to throw it out there. But if it does, I would think that it would help with the relationship with the bank as well. Um, Justin, I'll start with you again. Excuse me. And for this for this question, we're we're speaking of kind of break that down again because I don't want to venture off into no 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 doubt no doubt no, no. no yeah I did say a lot in there and so I'm kind of just going to the idea of when I'm hearing the idea of business credit I'm wondering if that plays a role mm-hmm. because again at the end of the day whether we're talking PPP loans or any other type of funding ultimately that's what we're talking about right businesses are always mm-hmm. often needing funding. And so as if you're set up properly, like we've been consistently talking about, then it becomes easier to get any type of money. And I was just wondering, as an accountant, is there any, do you have any relationship with helping a business establish business credit? Because, again, I've heard that that's a lot easier once you've got it established to get funding. I don't know if I'm correct about that, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it if, if, if it is related. I don't know. Well, with the business credit, yeah, it, it, it's much easier to get any kind of loan. Um, I will say as far as helping small businesses get that established, that is that is a different scenario that I do not necessarily have to come upon a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. But one thing I will say, um, when, when companies are looking at establishing business credit, they say, oh, I don't have it, or I'm, I'm going to have to be the one to back this loan. Um, the business, the way you obtain the business credit, just apply for a business credit card. I mean, get a business credit card and start utilizing it. And so you're, maybe it sounds like a slow process, but as you're building the credit, you know, then you become eligible for additional things. Now, I don't see anything in, as a requirement to having business credit in order to get the PPP loans set up, but I would advise anyone to actually go ahead and try and get that established just for other other things in the future. 
Um, I got you. And again, I was just asking that question. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you were done. Go ahead. I'm fine. Finish what you were saying. As far as the commingling of funds when it comes to, you know, you're taking personal money out of your bank account or you're taking money from the business account and putting it in your personal account to cover things, that's something you should you should never really want to do anyway because it's bad account. One is bad accounting. Ron can speak to this as far as bookkeeping is concerned. Um, you can't necessarily keep up with the things that you need to keep up with. And I know you you say, oh well, I've got to do, I've got to rob Peter to pay Paul to, in order to keep my head above water. But that's the purpose of the PPP loan. You no longer would have, you don't have to do that. You know that that loan allows mm-hmm. you to be able to have additional cash in place to take care of those expenses that you were having to rob other accounts and commingle money to actually get through the get weather the storm, so to speak. Right, right, right. I'm gonna go. To, yeah, I'm gonna let Ron jump in because, for, and the reason I'm even even Jeff Devin in this area is because I would assume that doing things like that probably doesn't help increase the relationship that your bank would want to give you money if they if they're able to see that you're not not having these things in order. Um, Ron, any thoughts on that? We got a caller as well, but I want to finish out this thought before we go to the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just to the point of you know, do you need an accountant? I would say. Excuse me, you don't necessarily need an accountant because I know as accountants, we, we are a lot of accountants, you know, we are not into or have experience with like credit repair um, or building credit. Because me personally, with my business, I actually have someone that is working on helping my business credit and helping build that up. Um, so, I mean, it might work well. I mean, you could go through the accountant to see if he has any connection with that. But gotcha. I would say unless the accountant himself has also ventured in, because credit repair is not really in, an accountant tool. So, um, yeah, and see, I, and on my website, I do offer that because the guy who's working on my credit, he's actually – you know, kind of partnering with my firm. So if I have a client that has credit repair needs, you know, I outsource that to, to him. But necessarily an accountant, it won't be the one who's going to help you build your credit per se. No, it makes a lot of sense. Let's go to let's see what the caller has mm-hmm. out there. Area code seven seven zero nine two six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, your three cents on this morning's discussion, or any questions you have for our experts. Go ahead. Thank you for being with us. Yes, my name is Nicole, um, and uh, thank you guys. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming yeah. through loud and clear, Queen. Go ahead. What you got for us? <laughs> so um, you guys are talking a lot about um, how to apply for the PPE loan, how to get it. My question, anytime I think about loan, I just think about, you know, it's actually more debt. So, how Ron mentioned some things about maturity of the loan and loan forgiveness. How is that program, is it, you know, like I'm a teacher, so as a teacher, teacher forgiveness, it's a lot of red tape to get it. You know, you're supposed to do X, Y, Z. Is it the same as the PPE when we talk about loan forgiveness? You know, is there a lot of red tape that we have to go through, or is it easy to get? You know, how is that process with getting the loan actually forgive it if you receive it. Duran? Well, yeah, well, it's um, it's a pretty simple process. There are three forms that you um, 
can fill out, depending on the amount of the loan that you were given, um, you can fill out a form 3508S, um, 3508EZ, and a form 3508. And um, so let's, for example, so if you received a PPP loan less than $50,000, then you can go ahead and, and, and fill out the form 3508S, and that's one. That's the easiest form. You don't have to show as as, as much um, documentation as you would the other two forms. And so those are the main the, the main difference. And then like the the thirty five hundred eight easy is a form if you made over fifty thousand, you received over fifty thousand dollars, and um, that form you have a little bit more documentation to show. And then the form the um, thirty five hundred eight excuse me, it's the actual, the the first form, and if you don't qualify for the 3508S or the form 3508EZ, then you have to fill out the form 3508 to get forgiveness, and you have to um, complete a PPP Schedule four, uh, schedule A worksheet. So the, the the process of getting the loan forgiven, it, 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 it's not a hard process. It's just figuring out which um, form you qualify for, and filling out that form and also uh, and, and sending it in. Okay. If, we, if I could ask you real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Queen, please. So it's not what I need an accountant for that, or is it something that I probably can do on my own as long as I just kind of read it through, make sure I have my ducks in a row, and then do it? Well, I, I, was, I would say that you would go to your accountant for him to help you fill that out, but most accountants will not sign sign off on it because if you fill it out wrong, there can be a penalty, and most accountants do not want to sign their name and take on that responsibility. So an accountant will help you out with it, but most accountants will not sign that documentation for you. You have to sign it yourself. Okay, I want to understand about something you just said. I mean, maybe it's just I'm the one that's confused. So um, are you talking about when you say sign the documentation? So so Nicole, say, for example, she gets it and she's going through the process to get the forgiveness. So when you say uh, the, you, the, you as an accountant, you would help her fill it out. But what's the, what do you mean the sign part? Like I'm, that confuses me that they well, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to sign, you have to sign the form that you, uh, that you, that you have to sign the form. Um, so it's a, like, it says at the bottom it'll say signature authorized representative of borrower. Like so if 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 you took on the role of being a representative, you know, representing the client and you signed this form for them but there are errors in the forms, then it, it then it could result in penalties. And if you sign and if you sign it then the accountant could be responsible for those penalties. So that's why a lot of accountants won't sign off on the the the, the um the form to get the the loan relieved forgiven. You're saying you're saying if I so fill it out myself, that's the part. Maybe that's the part I was getting. I wasn't quite understanding. You're saying, but if you if you help me from the start, you would. Am, am I, or I'm still, or you still wouldn't sign it. That's that's maybe where I'm getting confused at. No, 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 no. Most accounts. Well, all right. So you know, a lot of accounts went through workshops, and we were told not to sign them. Because if something's wrong, 
you know, or calculation is all, they, it, can, it can cause a um, a penalty, a fine. And if we sign it, okay. we were told that we could be responsible for paying that fine. No, I get, so I get that part. A lot of okay, I get that part. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I get that um, we actually have yeah, a but, break, so I gotta I gotta cut you off real quick, Ron. I gotta okay. cut you off. Um, Nicole, I can keep you on for the break. I'm sorry to jump in there, Queen. I was just trying to get clarity. I want to make sure we're getting everything you're asking um um answered. Um, but let me go to a quick break, Nicole. I'm gonna keep you on, and I just want to make sure we get everything you're trying to ask answered. Is that okay, Nicole? Okay, thanks. All right, hold on. We'll be right back. You're listening to. Well, I think you still got some in the background, brother. If you will, try to mute yourself if you don't. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. That's my kids. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year, or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. But those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and pay, what's real and what's fake? If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1, like our caller, Nicole, did. She's on the line with us to have special guest co-host, Patricia Ross, as well as tax experts, Justin Hempstead and Ron Bennett. All right, Nicole Queen, I'm sorry for kind of jumping in. I wanted to get clarity myself, so I hope uh, we got everything you were looking for um, answered. But if not, please ask any more questions or, or any questions you may have for Ron or Justin. Go ahead, Queen. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, I just have one more question. Um, so if I um, received a PPE loan the first time, what do I need to do or do I even qualify to do it again for the second round? I know Congress passed the second round. Um, in January, so am I eligible for to do it again, or? Oh, hello? Yeah, you're live. Go ahead, King. Yeah, so, so, um, the, the, for to be eligible for the second round, so if you previously received the first round of PPP loans, you either have had to use the full amount or you will use the full amount of the first PPP loan for the authorized users, which is 60% payroll, um, the mortgage, interest, rent, utilities, things of that nature. Um, and then you have to have no more than um, 300 employees, and then you have to have 
that 25% reduction of gross gross receipts between comparable quarters in 2019 and 2020. So if you um, meet all three of those, then you will be eligible for the second round of PPP loan. Um, Justin, anything you want to add, or is that pretty much covered? You know, I'm sorry, I, I muted myself. I think that pretty much covers it, though. All right. Any more okay. questions, Queen? Again, we're here for you. That's what we're doing. We're trying to bring these experts to you. So go ahead, Queen. Anything else you got? Please no. break, keep bringing it. I think that's it. Uh, thank you, guys. No, absolutely. Appreciate you for calling in. Um, Latrice, any thoughts? Um, you been say, back, kind of listening. Oh, Ron, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead, King. Oh no, I, I, I wanted to say, I wanted to ask Justin a question uh, when I was speaking about filling out the. Um, the, the 3508 forms, um, has he heard anything about that? Like, as, as the accountant should not sign off on those um, forms for their clients? When we were being trained, yeah, they did They did tell us They did tell us we, we didn't want to take that liability, and I will say that. Um, yeah. I, I'm not saying that if you – I mean, if you, of course, if you choose to sign off, but you need to put yourself up there. You know they don't. They don't. Not, they don't recommend. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? I didn't so, the last part. They, they said they don't recommend it, but you know if you choose to put yourself out there, like that, it's kind of you as okay. as a service as a tax provider. So this is Latrice, and so let me just gain clarity on this. So I come to you. And you helped me through that process of completing the forgiveness um, for the PPP. Hold on one and second, Queen. Hold on one second. You, Hold on one second, Queen. Somebody has something in the background. You have to mute yourself. They're just coming on the show pretty bad. So I don't know um, if you're moving in the background. It is really hurting the show. So I'm sorry to say that, but I got to keep saying it. So just keep that in mind. Mute yourself if you're moving in the background. All right. I'm sorry, Queen. Go ahead and start over if you don't mind. Okay. So I just want to get clarity on this because this is a bit um, perplexing for me. So if I come to you and I say that, you know, I need for you to help, I need for you to complete these forms because I'm an accounting idiot, and I need for you to complete these forms for me for forgiveness of, of the PPP loan. Here's all of my documentation. What else do you need from me? and you go through and you complete that, the paperwork, at the end of it, you are saying that you were advised not to sign that so that you would not take on liability. But the, me, the client, is to sign it, to take on liability for a form that I didn't complete because I recognized that I wasn't qualified to complete it. Is that what you're saying? Don't all jump in at once, kids. <laughs> that's how I'm confused as well. I'm sorry. That's, that's why we're devin. Can, can you hear? Yeah, we yeah, can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you myself. Yeah. All right. Okay, so cool. if you came to me and said, if you came to me and said, um, all right, I'm going to fill out the loan forgiveness paperwork, but I don't really know what to do. So what I would do is, you know, we'll look at the form, see which one you're eligible for, and then, you know, I will go over with you 
get all the documentation or where we get where you find this number from or find that number from wherever the form is asking for. So, and I will try my best to explain it to you. So, say, okay, where do we get the number from line number one? And then we, I'll explain that to you and I will go over it with you so you have a, try to have a full understanding, excuse me, a full understanding of, of what the form is saying and where the numbers are coming from. But I, like I said, we in seminars and everything, we have been told that we, you know, that we should stay away from signing those documents because if something is is wrong, then we're going to take the responsibility. But with that being said, if you have an accountant that's helping you fill this out, because the forms are, are really not difficult like that. So the questions that do for an accountant, I would say. So the the information that they're asking for, any average accountant should be able to find those numbers. So in a sense, the form won't be wrong, but we we in the profession have been told to kind of stay away. And that's not to say that we can't sign the forms, but a lot of accountants will kind of stay away from signing the forms so we won't assume that liability for your books. For your PPP loan. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that that's helps. interesting. No, I mean, I yeah, it is interesting. You answered the question, but it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. help because it, if I'm paying you to consult with and you've helped me go through the first process of getting the PPP loan, and now it's come time to seek forgiveness, and I'm coming back to you with every single piece of documentation that relates to also now complete the forms, and then I'm paying you for this service, and then you say, okay, oops, I'm not going to assume liability. I need your signature right here because liability is all yours. Um, I just find mm-hmm. that a bit perplexing. No, I, and I do understand, <laughs> but see, even on, the, even on the beginning side, when you are filling out the loan, like you can get an accountant to help you fill out, you know, the loan to actually get it, but the loan usually is going to go, it's going through either a bank, uh, um, a credit union, you know, or, or something like that. So if the accountant is not necessarily signing the loan papers in the beginning either. Like they can help you with it and then you take that loan paper and you bring it back to the bank. So the account, the it's not really going through the account. The account is there to help you fill out the paperwork and help explain things that you necessarily might not understand. But the the accountant is not necessarily the one that's taking it and putting the PPP loan through for you. Right, and and I just said that but, so that I could just sort of bring the cycle, the full cycle that you were there to help me in the beginning, and now I'm coming back when I uh-huh. need these forms completed for forgiveness, and now it's like, oops, yeah, I'm not going to sign that right there. You need to put your signature, your John, your Jane Hancock there, not me. Um, and yeah, I understand the whole liability thing. Because even in the loans in the beginning, like the the accountant is not signing the loan paper that you are giving to right, the bank. Right, so run, let me let me jump in real quick because that's and maybe I'm because uh-huh. for me I'll be honest. I'm just gonna be very honest. So I didn't I didn't I don't guess I don't understand if that's the case. I don't understand why I point out that you don't sign because it, it seems like that doesn't apply at any point. So I don't understand why I point out that the the accountant won't sign it. But that's because that's what started the question. 
but starting to question, well, you I know, mean, great question yeah, about yeah, that. So I didn't. I, so do you now, sign other things typically? But this is one thing that you don't sign. Like, like, do you sign if I come to you and you do my taxes? Do you sign off on my taxes? I'm trying to understand why. What's different this time? If you're telling me you didn't sign yeah, anything to get yeah, the loan, so, why are you sharing with me that you so, won't sign it for the forgiveness? So, all right. So now, um, <laughs> now when you're doing it in practice, if I come in, if someone comes in, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to tell them that okay, I'm not signing this paperwork because the liability will be on me. But I'll help them with the paperwork, and then I'll just say, here you go, sign at the bottom once we finish. So, I, so you are right. I wouldn't necessarily go to a client and say, I'm not signing this because I don't want to take on a liability. But just having the like accounting talk on this platform, um, you know, I'm just mentioning that is what we were kind of advised not to do. All right. Just, so, yeah, it wasn't necessarily just trying to get a clarified to tell. Right, right. That's it. I just guess I didn't understand. Yeah, I guess, Justin, am I, am I hearing this wrong? And, again, I just like to, you know, we're just a real show, so we're just having it as honest as we can. Like, I I guess I didn't see where it was, where where that came up or why. I'm trying to, you know, but, it, but it definitely confused me. So I don't know if you could ask it, Yeah, it's, it's definitely nothing that's necessary if you're going to, you know, of course, you're going to make someone feel uncomfortable that they're signing something that could possibly put them out there like that. You know, you're not you're not going to do that to a client. But if this is, if, I mean, you're signing an application to apply for something, you're going to sign your name, right? So I like the fact that Ron said he'd say he would help you get the numbers that need to be um, from the correct place on the floor. Right, and he would show you where to place them, and he'd say, "Sign here at the bottom." Come back to him for um, when it's time to do the forgiveness. The forgiveness is—I think we're making it a little overly complicated because you know when you, when you look at the loan forgiveness, if you follow the rules and you spend it on what they say, spend it on you're going to get the loan forgiveness. Um, yeah. So it's not it's not a situation where oh you're doing this and the IRS is up and they're gonna really tear your you know your tips apart now. No, you you're not. It's nothing like that because and so we say we're not we're not necessarily signing it. There's no there's no need for us to even bring that up in conversation. You sign the right, okay, yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah, I'm following it now. But yeah, when it got brought up as somebody that's not an accountant, if I'm doing it, that scared me just hearing it. So, so yeah, we've just kind of it makes sense. No, it makes sense. We actually up against the break, so sorry to cut y'all. Um, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. Big Sense Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sense Media. You need web design? Call Big Sense Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sense Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sense Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. 
What's their website and phone number? BigSisMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSisMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and paid, what's real and what's fake? If you're on the line out there, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691, and press 1 to speak to our tax experts, Justin Hempstead, as well as Ron Bennett of Bennett Tax and Accounting. So definitely get your questions in, trying to figure this out. Um, so it sounds like the process, if you do what you're supposed to do, uh, these PPP loans will be forgiven to a certain extent. Um, in the event that someone is having to pay them, pay them back, and in a sense reach maturity, as we mentioned earlier, um, Justin, I'll start with you. Um, is, do you. Is that a result of them, in a sense, not spending the money, in a sense, where they're supposed to, or maybe they just weren't able to meet the threshold based on how their business went, or, or is it just simply some some people are going to have to pay them back? You, you, you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of going a few places there, but I just want to get an understanding. Is it always somebody not having done what they're supposed to do to not get it forgiven? forgiven? If, if, does that well, seem, Do you know, or maybe it's too early to even see that now? I don't know. Well, I'm not going to say this is they didn't do what they're supposed to do, because, I mean, yeah, some people are going to have to pay them back. Um, just because some of those qualifications they're not going to necessarily meet. Now, when a lot of people look at this and they say, well, how am I going to have to record this as far as in my income? You know, I get a $100,000 PPP loan. Am I now going to have to record that in my income and gross receipts? No, because you're not going to have to do that. I mean, you know, you act that they've passed out and that's going and that's what you to the fact that, you know, you're, it's not included in your income. Even though it might not be forgivable, the loan forgiveness, you know, no, that's a good thing. But you're not having to include that in income. So, yeah, because you wouldn't want to do that. You would turn around and get taxed if that were okay. Exactly. Right. So, you know, and that's that's a big thing. A lot of people are you're able to leverage this income, even if you have to pay it back. You're able to leverage this and not have to pay taxes on it. Anything you want to add, Ron, to that? Because that's a, that's a great point. Because um, that's something that I'm trying to figure out. Because um, it wasn't just PPP loans that were given out during the COVID relief, right? And so even individuals may have, you know, some situations. So if you could even point out some of the other type of things and what Justin just talked about. Um, just yeah, how do I, how does that show up when I come to get my taxes done? I think that's something that people are, you know, wondering as well. So go ahead, King. Uh, yes, I, I couldn't hear everything Justin was saying. It sounded a little muffled. But um, as far as now, I've seen a couple of different accounting firms treated the loan a couple of different ways on on the um, financial statement. The way we are we're doing it, so if you get the loan, so it would be a debit to 
the bank statement, and then it will be a credit to your liability, put the loan on the um, liability side as, you know, a loan being paid just like it's a, any other loan. Um, mm-hmm. Then, so if, if, if you... If you get it forgiven, then you know you take it off when when it's forgiven. But let's say in a situation where you had to go ahead and pay on that loan, um, the interest rate is one um, percent on on the loan. The last time I, I looked at it, and it was always one percent. And so when you so then you have to go about making an amortization schedule, so you would pay back the principal and the loan, and then from the amortization schedule, let's say your payments were $500 per month, and then you will make the payment, and then we will break the payment out. The part that goes to the principal would be a debit to the loan to bring down the loan for that payment, and then the part that would be interest would be a debit to interest expense, and then the credit would be the total five hundred amount that you that you paid out, and the two debits would break it out between the principal and the and the interest of the loan. Now I've seen some accounting firms put the PPP loan on the profit and loss statement as an expense, but that that's not the way we were taught to do it. We treat the loan as a liability, and we keep it on the books as a liability, just like if it was a a car loan or anything like that. If it gets forgiven, then you take it off. But when you have to, if you don't get it forgiven, and you have to start paying on it, then you just mm-hmm. deduct that liability by the principal payment, and then the interest part of that will be um, an interest expense for that year. No, it um, sounds it, pretty cool. That's what, that what you learn. Justin? Yeah, it's very similar, very similar. You know, some, that some people do use it uh, um, on the P&L uh, as an expense, and they just use it as a deductible. They deduct it. And, um, and so... Yeah, I think, we get a, I think we might have a bad connection with you, Justin. Oh, I'm... I don't know. It's not like a lot of background, though. I don't know if that's me. My, I'm, I'm sitting in a very quiet area, you know? No wind or yeah, yeah, no, you're fun. no, no, you're good. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm no, you're on the background. It was, yeah, it's just um, your phone was going in and out for a second, but it just, it just, I think you're coming through clear now. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, okay. All right. So, yeah, so you're, um, uh, can I, Justin, can I ask you a question, Justin? Sure. Um, what, have you heard the explanation of why people are putting the the, the loan amount on the um? Profit and loss statement. Just to get the deductibility. Um, they don't want to carry that on, you know, in terms on on their on the tax return. So they they deduct it all, and they show they've used it all, and that then qualifies it, saying they've okay, you've used it all, so now you can actually, um, you know, apply for that second round. You know, that's why a lot of people are doing it. But but see the, the the question I have on that though is um because I know the I the IRS was hung up and they were saying that um if you get the loan forgiven then um they weren't going to let you deduct like the more like so if you spent the PPP loan on like the mortgage interest and rent and stuff like that the qualified um, deductions. If you get the loan forgiven, then I heard they were saying that they're not going to let you keep those deductions 
on the balance, I mean, on the P&L statement because the loan was forgiven. And I think they just passed this new act uh, this this week, actually, that um, over overrode that. And they are going to let okay, you, so you deduct it. Okay, so they are going to let you. Okay, then that would make sense than them having it on the, the P&L if they're going to let you deduct it, even if the loan uh-huh. is forgiven. Okay, then that, that makes sense. Okay. And that's under that CAA 2021 act that they just that they just did. Okay. Because yeah. I was looking for some information on that and I I didn't see it because if they wasn't if they wasn't going to let you discuss it, then I was saying like then it would be more advantageous to keep the loan as a liability. But if they are going to let you discuss it, then you are going to spend all of it. So then that makes sense. Okay. No, nah, that's key because as, I mean, as, as I'm listening, again, I'm taking this all in. The question I was going to ask, I think mm-hmm. y'all probably pretty much have answered it now. Um, obviously, with the, the, like you said, the new law that just came in this week, as y'all both said, it makes sense now. Because the question I was kind of going to ask, and again, I don't know if we even go into it now, was if I was a business owner going to my accountant and the accountant was suggesting one way or the other, as a business owner, how would I know? Because I'm just going to go with what the business owner says. But now it sounds like with that new law, that it makes a lot of sense if I, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Like as a business owner, I wouldn't know which way to, which method to use. But if I listen to you guys, mm-hmm. I might now go to an accountant and say, hey, which way are you doing it? Because I've heard y'all talk about it. But it sounds like y'all pretty much resolved it now. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any more yeah. thoughts on it, but I definitely try to figure now, it cause, out. Because to, to get forgiven, you will have to have used the money. So if you got $50,000 of a PPP loan, then it would make sense to put it on the P&L because you're going to use that money anyway. And if they're going to, even if you got it forgiven, they're going to let you um, keep the deductions on your balance sheet. Then you could just put the whole PPP loan on the balance sheet. I mean, on the um, profit and loss statement as an expense because you're spending that money anyway, and they're going to let you get those deductions. So that's the proper place to put it. No, that makes sense. And when you say use it, you literally would need to account for where you spent, for example, the example you just gave, the entire 50000 Am I hearing that part correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it still has to be that 60-40 split between 60% payroll and 40% the qualified expenses. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Uh, Latrice, any thoughts? We got a couple of minutes before the next break. No, I don't have any. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Again, for anybody out there, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Between our two tax experts, we should be able to answer any questions you have about again PPP loans or any other funding for that matter. Um, you know, again, we talked. We've kind of consistently talked about the idea of more of our business being in position to get loans. It, it, for the most part, uh, I think we can agree the PPP loan, the way it was rolled out, has in a sense been one of the easiest to get, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to take it off of that, just for a split second, again, just in reference to our community figuring out how to, in a sense, get more funding. How, you know, how can we get? more funding, um, just any thoughts from either of you uh, on that, for, you know, for our business owners, because it's, it's a consistent 
it's a consistent issue in our community, uh, if you will. So just any thoughts from y'all as accountants, you know, what do you suggest to our community to prepare to get funding and use funding and take advantage of it, if that makes sense? Well, um, I'll, I'll speak from more of the investing side. It, we know that we use that PPP money to help our businesses out and, you know, be able to take care of the overhead that comes along with the payroll and what have you. But a lot of times what businesses do not do, they won't take the money that they were spending initially and set it aside. I feel if if they did that, set that money aside, and then they could invest it in something that would create an additional stream of income. That's that's you know that's the investor side of me speaking. Um, I know I had a client that got about. Um, almost $300,000 with that first round of the PPP. However, they continued spending the, spending regular, putting their regular money aside in an account and they went and bought a commercial plaza that is now giving, netting them um, like $8,500 a month. And so that just created additional money for me. I love that example. And so that, that and that clarifies for me. So yeah, so what you're saying when you say the term when you say set it aside, they set it aside to go buy this commercial property because they now had it because they had received so much from the PPP loan. Now they had this money, their own money that they could go now purchase something that made them more money. So yeah, when you say set it aside set it aside to to do something to go make money with is what you mean versus using the money to live with. Is that is that what you mean when you say that? Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, makes a lot of sense. We are up against our last break, so we'll do this last break and see if anybody else wants to get in on this morning's discussion question. PPP loans and pay, what's real and what's fake? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most is more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with Cause I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like my name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. 
every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, again, please contact me directly at 404-604-9477. If you're an individual and you like what we're doing and think this type of radio is important, definitely look for your support over at mentaldialogue.com. Please keep intelligent radio on the air. This morning's discussion question, PPP loans and pay, what's real and what's fake? Special guest co-host Latrice Ross, as well as tax experts Ronald Pennant and Justin Hempstead. Again, thank both of y'all for being on. We got one last segment for anybody that wants to get in. The number is 646-787-1691. Again, it's 646-787-1691. Press 1 if you want to speak. Um, Ask a question to our experts. Um, Ron? I have a question. Again, thank you so much for being Oh, yeah, go ahead. Please, please do. so oftentimes with, with black-owned businesses and, and, and small businesses in general, um, many of them are bootstrapped, um, and they are, you know, essentially robbing Peter to pay Paul, and they try to do or, you know, handle, they try to DIY anything that they can. So hearing the importance earlier on in this broadcast of the importance of structuring your business right, and many of us don't have that expertise because we haven't been trained. So if someone, you were speaking to someone and, and, you know, then they came back with, well, I just don't think that I can afford your services. What would you say to them to help them understand the importance of the services that you offer, the importance that could lend to their business, not just in setting it up, but in future um, loan applications, funding opportunities, grants, et cetera? Oh, well, if I, you know, because I have come across a situation where people say, you know, you just, um, it costs too much. But I, I so let's say if a, a client is, um, let's say a sole proprietor, um, single member LLC, and they're doing a Schedule C, okay, then I would just um, kind of show them the advantage of switching to an S-Corp. So I would take whatever prior year return they had, and I would take their Schedule C income and do it as a, uh S-Corp. And then I would show them, depending on how much it is, because I did this with one lady, and I saved her about $17,000. And and when I showed it to her, I said, now, is the $2,500 on work that, that I'm charging you, is it worth this $17,000 that I showed you I can save you? And then, you know, she's been a client of mine since then. So I think it's more just kind of showing them your value and how you can um, save them money. I mean, that's that's that because if, if they are complaining about paying you because you cost too much, if you show them that you can save them a lot more than what they're paying you, then I mean, it's just kind of a no-brainer for them to to go with them. Now, I like that example, Justin. Let's let's dig a little deeper in that, if you will. I love this. this is a great question, and I think this is the key. Yeah, the key. I think this is the key to getting over that mental hump because you know we're wearing too many hats, and I get caught up in that, saying, "Okay, I don't think I have 
because we're bootstrapping it, we're already thinking, I don't have any money for anything else. Like, that's kind of just kind of how we're moving to a certain extent when we're bootstrapping. So just digging in even deeper, like, like Ron was able to give her that example, the reality is a lot of people are in this space and they're not allowing, uh, you know, for example, to run to show them, here's what I could save you, and then make that decision. They're just assuming I'm not in a space where I can afford an accountant. A lot of so, therefore, they don't even check into it. So, what do you, what do you think in reference to getting people over the hump to see and understand the importance of? Because I definitely remember even this Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad Poor Dad. He always said the two people you overpay in your life is your. Um, he, he said he said you should overpay them. It's your mechanic and your accountant. That's what he believes, and so everybody wants to get wealthy, but we're we're, we're people are waiting to get wealthy to get an accountant, not realizing the accountant helped them get there. If that makes sense, but go ahead. Help them get help them get there. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. What I would say is, look at your investment. What is it that you're trying to obtain? If you if you know that these different types of programs are out there. I wouldn't I wouldn't just chop myself off first saying, Oh, I can't afford your services. A lot of times and you you be you'd be surprised. Um there are a lot of um accountants out here who will give you a free consultation. And they'll give you that free consultation showing you what it is that you're missing out on, how much you're leaving, um, but you can't get those services unless you sign up with them. Um so I think once you begin to take advantage of everything that's out here in terms of the accountants that will give you a free consultation, it might only be 15 minutes, but at least that was 15 minutes that you had the chance to sit with someone to let you know how they could benefit you if you signed up um, for their services. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a major thing, especially within our community. Yeah, and, and one, one thing that I do when I'm meeting new clients, you know, I kind of ask them what is their, like, five-year goals with, with their business, what are they trying to become, uh, you know, and, and, and the goals they're trying to reach. And then I also, um, so depending on what they tell me, I tell them how me as an accountant can help them achieve those goals. And I scale my prices, too. So if someone comes to me, and they only have $25,000 in revenue, and then their income might be $5,000, you know, I would scale my prices down to what they can afford and let them know that, you know, I'm, I want to grow with them and add their, and then we can set up a schedule, you know, when we reach $100,000, those revenue, the, the price would be this, then 200 the price would be this. So it's many different ways that as an accountant that you can get around people not um, wanting to pay the price. But the main thing is just kind of showing them the value of what you can do for them now and the value of what you can do for them in the future as they grow in their business. Mm-hmm. I like that. Even being able to give them some, talk to them about some of the credits and incentives that are out here that they're currently mm-hmm. not utilizing. Um, and yeah. as Ron said, you know, don't try and take everything from them up front. You know, you let them know that you're there to grow with them. Maybe even set it as a percentage. I'll do this percentage of income. 
uh, might only be three percent that you're paid, or five percent, you know, whatever you see deem necessary. And that way, they they can see they're getting the other ninety-seven percent or ninety-five percent to do whatever it is they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, that number came out to me because I, I. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, the perspective that I had um, coming from the CPA firm at Sandy Springs, I mean, it was very beneficial because I dealt with a lot of high net worth clients, and a lot of and a lot of them were, you know, Caucasian. So, and I've noticed that there would be certain things that the bosses would talk to a lot of the Caucasian um, clients about that they wouldn't necessarily talk to the black people about. And so me going on my own, I, I want to just, I want to teach my black people how to fish, if you understand what I'm saying. So I, I don't want to hold back information. All the tricks and things that I've learned that white people have used to get ahead, I want to start teaching that to people that look like me so we can get in a better financial situation. I love it, uh, especially as a perfect segue. Uh, I want to say thank you, Brian, uh, for talking to us. So keep breaking up real bad. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're breaking up real bad, my twin. Okay, let me call back in. Um, if you can hear anything, Ron, make sure you give out your so I, we couldn't hear what he said, but I, I will say this. Um, if you could give your, share your contact information as we're about to close out the show so our um, listeners can know how to reach you, both of you, please. Okay. Um, so once again, my name is Ronald Bennett. My company is Bennett Tax and Accounting, LLC. Uh, we're on the corner of P Street and 14th Street in Midtown. Um, my phone number is 770-545-2145. The website is www.bta-ea.com. And the website is Ron Bennett. I mean, excuse me, R. Bennett, R-B-E-N-N-E-T-T at bta-ea.com. Thanks, right. Ron. Justin, what about yours? Uh, I'm, I'm Justin Hempstead again. Uh, my number is 910-734-1805. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk a lot of, of, about the, the, the nonprofit segment that I do, but I'm, I'm going to let Ron give his the, the consulting um, company information, but I'm going to give you my nonprofit information. I'm representing Flight Academy. Flight Academy is spelled F-L-Y-T-E <clears throat> Academy. You can go to the website. That's flightacademy.justinhempstead.com no, <clears throat> And so Flight Academy, we're actually a nonprofit. We teach people about this information that we've been talking about today. Um, my email address, if you want to contact me directly, that will be jhempstead. That last name is spelled H-E-M-P-S-T-E-A-D at flightacademy.com. 
Awesome, thank you. And and that so your your nonprofit is focused on education, financial education. Yes. Amazing. Um, thank you both for sharing such valuable information. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's helped some of our listeners understand the ins and outs and the nuances of um, applying for the PPP loans and getting those loans forgiven. Um, I want to thank both of you for um, sharing your willingness to share your, your knowledge with our listeners and myself as well. And um, any last parting words or advice that you'd like to give before we end the show? Either of you? Um, I, I just want to say, if you're going to invest in yourself and start a business, invest in education on on the different like the different um, things that you can do to start reading about your business, um, you know, the industry that you're in, and just try to accumulate as much knowledge as you can. Absolutely, and all of y'all. I was able to jump back in. Now, yeah, go ahead, Latrice, please. I would let y'all know I need to okay. jump back on. We are at the end, but go ahead, Latrice, thank you, and we'll close it out okay. uh, with Latrice. Thank y'all so much okay. for coming on today. I was just going to say, don't, don't, don't play yourself when it comes to your money for your business. Reach out to those experts who are trained to help you run your business so that you can actually show more profit. Oftentimes we want to bootstrap, but this is one area that we should not take shortcuts. So I would say reach out to these two experts, one of these two experts, if you um, have a business and you want to learn to make learn to ensure that you're structured properly or how to run it properly from a financial perspective, definitely reach out to the experts. That's all I have to say, Montoya. 